Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining the Lady of Divinity. I am your host, Enchanter Ward. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today's topic is about death. Um, it's about death and how we see death and what I have learned since um, the passing of my mother a few years ago. Regarding death and how I've come up with the conclusion that dead don't mean gone. So, like I said, I lost my mother in um, February, on February 10th, 2020. Right before COVID really hit the United States really hard. And I remember um, uh, schools and stuff was uh, was pretty much um, shutting down. Or at least about to start shutting down. Because I remember close to her memorial, that's when everything shut down. But right when COVID hit, right before it hit, she didn't die of COVID, thank God. But, um, she died peacefully in her sleep. Now, um, for those of you who know me, know that I have taken care of my mother, um, physically, financially, um, for a lot of my adult years. Um, she moved in with me when my son was, uh, I think he was going on two year old, two years old, and um, she. <laughs> There's another episode I'm gonna get into about my childhood, but so I'm gonna be very vague here. But um, she moved in with me um, after a bout of um, of homelessness. And, um, which was fine, you know, we, we've had up and down before I knew her situation. So when I finally was able to be, get stable on my feet and get an apartment, I was praying that she would come so she can have somewhere to go. I was ready for her arrival because, you know, that's my mom. And if I have somewhere to lay my head, so does she. So, um... I've taken up to care of her all my life, pretty much. <laughs> and um, finally, and, and my mother had like a very troubled past, so she had a lot of un, undiagnosed mental issues. And so she was a pretty difficult person to live with. But, um, once I got pregnant with my second child, I became very high risk and um, we decided that after years of knowing it was time, it was about time she she got her own place and um, she ended up getting her own place and that didn't pretty much work out too much because she went back to her old ways of um, of how she would hoard 
just hoard stuff that she would buy. Unnecessary crap. But um anywho I had brought her back into my home and but then her health started declining and um I couldn't take care of her and work at the same time so it became really hard. And so we both decided that it was best that she get round the clock care because I kept rushing her to the emergency room because it she had to get into positions that I couldn't get her out of. Like her body would lock. It was it was it was horrible. And um so we put get got her in the nursing home and she was getting better. And she was getting round the clock care, she was getting her medicine on time and um but she hated it. <laughs> she hated it. And I hated it with her. But, um, so she checked out the nursing home because she wanted her freedom back. She, they definitely wouldn't let her doing nothing and going anywhere. Like, she's, my mother was always on the go. She came and went whenever she pleased, so. Being on lockdown at the nurse home was not for her. So she came back and lived with me again. And then she started not following any of the rules. Uh, eating food that I didn't give for her. I didn't make for her. Not listening to me about certain stuff. And then her body started acting up again, and she went back into the nursing home again. Cause I was like, I can't do it. I can't take care of you. I can't. I can't lift you up. I. I couldn't do anything. And so she needed that care. And one morning, on February tenth, we got a call. From the nursing home. And I had missed the first call. And then I woke up and I, and I, and I called them back. And they said, we're sorry, but your mother has expired. And all I could say was, okay. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. I'm normal. And the lady was just like, I, I know this is a little bit shocking. So I'm going to call you. You call us back or we're going to call you back. And I just said, okay. And as she was hanging out, my sister was calling me. And as soon as she got on the phone... She was like, juicy. And I felt all her pain. Yeah, I was, I was still in shock, but when I got on the phone with my sister, I felt everything. And I just said, I know, Jessica, I know. 
got to started preaching to her and telling her how much our mom loved us. Yeah, I thought I was on my way to her. I sent my boss a text and called two people. My mentor, who my mother adored because she adored me. My best friend at the time. They were very, they were both very apologetic because they know, they knew me and they knew I just lost my best friend. My son was up already, so he had, you know, I already got word from me, because I, I remember going to his room, and it's like, I don't have a mother no more, and I was like, grandma passed away, and I remember looking, my son is autistic, so he, it, it takes him a, a second to register stuff in his brain, and register you or not playing around. So I don't know if he cried or not, but I, I know he was sad, but with his beautiful mind, he he takes things so differently. And sometimes I wish I had that when times got like this. But I ended up getting, um, getting my clothes on, getting, getting us all dressed, and getting us two on the train, and I just walked down the street, and everything was just so hazy. It was like I had a cloud over my eyes. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was, I, 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 I remember being on the train, and I was just hearing myself moan. And people would turn around and look at me and I just looked them dead in their face and I was like, I didn't give a fuck. I just lost my mother. I didn't care how I looked, how I sound. Don't care what I was doing. My children just sat there and looked at me. They, My baby was in her stroller and my son looked at me. He couldn't do anything. You know, I just hell was clenching my hand open and closed and I was just moaning. I got to my sister's uh, right before I hit the gate of my sister's and I got a notification on my phone and I just looked down at it and it says my mother's name. 
I'm like, my mother's just passed, and I just get an email, and it was from CHA. So I don't know if y'all know about CHA, but CHA has a senior citizen um, housing. And I had put my mother on it, and they, she had wound up the ticket for it to get it years ago, and and I they had my email address for her. And every single, every almost every time you turn around, she was asking me about did I get an email from them? Did I did I hear anything about from them about her housing? I'm like, no, mom. As soon as they let me know, as soon as they let they call me, let me know, I will let you know. And on the application, we put on there that she was homeless because she really was the like the definition of homeless. She didn't own her own residence. You know, she lived with me. So we thought that would help her application go faster or whatever. But it really didn't matter because it was a lottery anyway. But um, the email... Something just told me to stop and open up the email. And I stopped right before I got to my sister's door and I opened up the email. And in the email, it stated, your mother is no, I mean, your Robin Sanders is no longer considered homeless by something of the CHA, like standards of the CHA. And I'm like, what? And it hit me in my soul on this day that my mother passed away. I get an email stating that she is no longer considered homeless. And I'm like, she's at home. And my son ended up getting to the door, and all this happened in, within a matter of seconds. The thought, the the email, the thought process, and my son walking to the door and ringing the doorbell. And we, my sister buzzed us in, and she ran down the stairs. She lived on the third floor, and she hugged me, and we embraced for a minute on the staircase, and. And then we walked up the stairs and I saw my brother-in-law and um, she was like, some of the kids went to school already because she has four boys. And uh, they were in public school at the time. And um, we sat in my mama's room. I mean, well, we sat not in my mama's room, I'm sorry. We sat in my sister's room. And we just listened to songs and cried and talked. And whenever the wave of pain would hit me, I would just get up and pace the room. I would pace back and forth. And um, we just started talking and, and, you know, just going through memories and stuff and we didn't call our family yet. We just grieved ourselves first, you know. And um, it was the weirdest thing because even though I was in shock and in pain, I was okay. I wasn't as messed up as I thought I would have been.
I for real thought I would have to be hospitalized if I lost someone I love that close to me. Because that's one of the biggest fears in my family. <laughs> Between my sister and my mother, you know, losing each other. That was one of our biggest fears. And there it was, right there in the flesh. Right there. And I lost my mother. And I was in pain. I felt protected. I felt I felt held up like I don't know. I I just In that room with my sister, we felt our mother. She was right there with us. I could literally see her standing there. And I and I said to out loud, I was like, dang, she never got a chance to tell me the name of my book. Growing up, my mother was an exceptional writer. She would write stories and stuff, and they were amazing. And she had a title for each book she wanted to write for each of her children. And throughout the years, she would share with me the names of the books. And I would always ask her, what's the name of my book? And she would always say, I haven't thought of it yet. I haven't thought of it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to think of it, JC. And I got all the names to my all my siblings' books and even to step-grandkids' books. But I never got a name of mine. And for some reason, the song, after that thought, the song, The Greatest Love of All, came up on our screen. Now... We would, like I said, me and my sister would sit and listen to music. Now, growing up, also, my mother used to sing that song to us all the time. She would sing it to us to get us to go to sleep. She would sing it to us to, to just to put us in a good mood. And we would request it. it was, she used to sing it so beautiful. I knew the word from word we all do. And that's why when um when I was younger, when I was a little kid, like in grade school, I, I auditioned singing that song. Audition for uh our adaptation of The Wiz with uh Will and Dorothy. And I went in the bathroom and I started singing that song to myself. And the words just was, the words was everything my mother was. Everything that she instilled in us was greatness and love. And even though we had a really fucked up childhood when it comes down to, to her taking care of us the right way. 
the love she had for us was astounding. It's what made me who I am today. And I said to myself, I was like the greatest love of all. And when I said that to myself, something hit me in my gut. Something hit me in my gut. I felt my mother. And I don't believe in coincidences at all. I know everything in my life happens for a reason. And I said, that's the name of my book. The greatest love of all. My mother manifested and prayed over us night and day. She knew the type of heart I have. She knew I took crap from her. And I had to be the mother. And I had a lot of my life stolen from me. And I had the heart of a goddess but treated so cruel that she had to lift me up growing up she had to make sure she praised me extra she said it she used to teach me about myself and my skin and and me being heavy set and how the world was going to treat me. She knew. Oh, she knew. But she instilled a greatness in me that was unlike any other. So when I felt that feeling in my gut, I said, that's how my mother sees me. Because she knew I loved her like no other. And though we bickered, bickered and fought, never physically, only verbally, she knew I would have died for her. And every title of a book that she told me about my siblings matched who they were when I felt that in my gut about greatest love of all I knew that was for me <laughs> I knew that was the title of my book my sister's title of her book is the soldier that stands alone and that is her my brother is Rick is rainbow dove and that is him my brother Christopher is the victory chair. <laughs> and that is him. 
I will write each and every last one of these books. I've already begun on them. <laughs> but just think about how the woman who was gone for me sat there and inspired me the day she left. That night, I couldn't sleep. I stayed over at my sister's house, me and the baby. And my daughter could not go to sleep. She was so restless in her sleep. I knew it was my mother hugging her and kissing her. It was like that whole day, it was like we had a, a shield around us. With our mom. And ever since then, since she left us, my mother has come to me in my dreams. My mother has come to me in song. My mother has come to me in movies. I can close my eyes and I can put her right there on my couch. I speak with her. I speak with my ancestors. I speak with my past on loved ones. I speak with my my um, grandmothers who have left me. Dead does not mean gone because their spirit lives on and they are very much active in our lives. See, we have been taught to look at the spiritual world and look at death as the end all, but it's not. The spiritual world is so much more vivid than we will ever realize. God doesn't all the way take them away. Yes, their body is gone, but their soul, their soul remains with us in every way possible. They watch over us. They guide us. They warn us. They teach us. You commune with your ancestors. You commune with your past on loved ones. They're not gone. Their body is just no longer in this realm, in this part of your life. They won't go into that journey in that form. But they are here. They are around. They are present. They love us. We have to start teaching our children a different way to deal with death so people won't go into these manic depression states thinking, Oh, their loved one is forever forgotten. No, you carry your loved ones with you in your body, your mind. My mother, <laughs> I can talk to my mother whenever I want to. I hear her words. And no, that does not make me crazy. That makes me tap the fuck in. Dad don't mean gone at all. Dad just means your spiritual world just got that bigger. 
and you have to learn another way to communicate with the ones you love. I did it. And though it still tings my heart a little bit that she's not here because I can't touch her, I can't hold her, I can't kiss her. But if you learn to control your dreams and control your thoughts, you can put them right there in front of you. And their love never fades away. I am the Lady of Divinity. Thank you so much for listening. I pray all of us are ready for the new year. Making any changes that you feel are are deemed important to you. I hope all of us be safe and sound. Be the best we can be every day. Until next time, much love.